0: Well, here we are, the first official episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast since coming back from the Jericho Cruise. And uh, I wanted to take this time because for those people who follow me on Facebook, (laughs) you kind of know the adventure I had just getting to the Jericho Cruise. Um, Flew out of Omaha at 7 in the morning Central Time. Uh, the day before the Jericho cruise and had a connecting flight at LaGuardia in New York. And I was supposed to, we were supposed to land in, at LaGuardia at like 1101 or something like that. And, and then our flight from LaGuardia to Miami was supposed to be at 1259 Eastern time. And we, uh, (laughs) everything's going without a hitch. Um, make it to New York, like almost a half hour early, I want to say. And, and, you know, everything on our flight to New York was fine. It was, it was nice. Cause there's only like 20 of us as passengers on that flight. And so like everyone got their own row of seats and, uh, it was just a comfortable quick flight to, to New York and everything was going well. I'm in vacation mode. I, you know, the day before when I got off work for my, my shoot job, I was just like, all right, I'm on vacation and even coming on and to KLIN and working the Dan Parsons show, which everyone who knows me working in radio, I absolutely love that job. It's not a job to me. So I felt I was on vacation even though I was still working the radio show. You know, they say if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. So I'm on vacation mode. I'm on cloud nine. Nothing can bring me down. And then we get to LaGuardia, and we're just waiting for our flight to Miami, to to come up. And it's about twelve fifteen, and I'm getting I'm getting text messages and alerts from American Airlines and from Priceline app and everything saying your flight's been delayed. It's now going to be four o'clock. Oh, supposed to arrive in Miami at four twenty four. Um And my friend, the Sieve, who was flying in from Denver to Miami, is supposed to get there at like 3.59. It was going to wait in the Miami Air- airport for Ryan and I to get there. And now our flight's not even leaving until right before we're supposed to get to Miami. Well, 4 o'clock immediately turns into 5 o'clock due to maintenance issues. Okay, Uh kind of have to changed some plans up tonight. It was supposed to be, well, it still was Taryn's pre-cruise piss-up, and I was looking forward to attending that and uh, just get myself real extra hyped for the cruise that was going to happen the next day. And so I messaged Taryn, and I said, hey, I, I my flight's not till 5 now. I don't think I'm going to make it. And she goes, well, the piss-up doesn't start until 8. And I said, okay. I'll do my best because obviously, you know, I want to check into my hotel and everything when I first get to Miami anyway. Well, so we're waiting for our 5 o'clock flight, and then it's about mm, 4.37 or so, and we all get alerted. 5 o'clock has now turned into 6 o'clock is our next flight. And, you know, people have been waiting, and people are really starting to get worked up and getting frustrated, and I'm getting nervous because, like, you know, all I want to do is just be in Miami and the cruise is the next day and and then I hear rumbling I heard somebody mention that the current word is that if our flight gets delayed anymore, they'd have to just cancel it for the day and we'd get on to the flight to Miami that next day which wasn't until noon and we'd have to be competing against the people who were also already scheduled to be on that flight from LaGuardia to Miami and we wouldn't arrive in Miami until 3.30. Well, we had to be on the ship for the Jericho cruise by 3. So now I'm, like, really starting to panic inside. And I'm, I'm trying to keep my cool, but it's hard. Like, I'm excited for vacation. But our flight keeps getting delayed. And despite what, you know, yes, I know it was the end of January. And so a lot of people thought it was a weather thing, but it wasn't. It was, it was maintenance issues. They didn't tell us what the maintenance issues were. Um But regardless, so then they they move our gate. The same... Sounds like it's still the same plane taking us. um, But they move our gate and everything... I'm like, all right, they're moving our gate. Maybe that's a good sign. And our flight went from 6 to 7. Well, then they moved our gate again. And our 7 o'clock flight became a 7.15 flight, which then turned into a 7.30 flight. And then we were finally... uh, uh, Boarding the plane at like mm, seven, seven fifteen or so to be able to take off at seven thirty, and at this point I said, "Okay, one of two things is going to happen: either I'm gonna finally make it into Miami, or I'm gonna be living my own Final Destination movie." So let's hope, let's hope that it's not the latter. And you know, made it to Miami about eleven o'clock Eastern Time that night, so I couldn't do anything with my friends. That I had planned for the night before the cruise, uh the sieve had gotten to our hotel and waited for us, and so we uh we just enjoyed a night of the sieve Ryan and myself didn't stay up too because, you know we had a a cruise to go to the next morning, you know had some McDonald's had some fireball, and that was our night but and then we we boarded the ship real late for the Jericho cruise on uh that that Friday as well. Uh much later than our our boarding times were supposed to be, which was nice cuz we just went right on through. And I tell you what, the the reunion I had with so many cruisers which was weird cuz I'm used to, you know, being in that early boarding group that has to wait and wait. But having that reunion with so many of my friends on the ship was all the more amazing. And i mean i there's one thing I really look forward to with each Jericho cruise is just the reunion I have with my friends at the beginning, and of course, like so much other things about the cruise, of course, but I don't know it it was it was at uh that time where I gotta you know give a lot of hugs get a give a lot of high fives and uh a lot of john blesses as as my friends like to say, and it made it all worth it, and I had so many people say. I was following your Facebook post yesterday. I was getting worried. I'm so glad you're here. And I said, you know, I was stressed out to the nines yesterday. It was my own non-Christmas version of Home Alone 2 stuck in New York. Not lost in New York in this case, stuck in New York. But I said, I'm here. I have a drink in my hand. I'm good to go. And let's have a good time. And we had just that. So today's episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast is with a first-time cruiser, but a now third-time appearance on this podcast, my friend, Kimmy Sokol. Enjoy the show. It's time- Stop the show. And welcome to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac. And I guess after a one week hiatus from this podcast, you knew I had to come back on. And of course, at the top of my mind is the fact that I just got back from yet another Jericho cruise. So I knew I was going to be talking cruise related on this podcast, as you already heard in the open here. But I, you know, had other thoughts going on and wrestling is really hot right now. And so then I thought, well, how about instead of having you just listen to me for however long this interview is or this episode is, I will bring on a guest and based on everything going on and who made her official Jericho Cruz debut herself for the third time, Kimmy Sokol is joining me on Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. Kimmy, how are we doing today?
1: I am so excited to be back. Do you have like a record of like how many times people have been on your show? Am I like at the top? You're, at, you're like three. Yeah,
0: yeah, the top couple for sure. <laughs> like my no. my friend Brian's been on officially twice, but he he claims that he's been on more episodes than anybody because he recorded and performed the Johnny Cadillac theme song that plays at the beginning of each of these episodes. That doesn't count. Nope. <laughs> So Brian, if you're listening, sorry, but, and that's, that's where, so when I, I messaged you probably a couple months ago and we were just, we were just talking in general. Um, I'm trying to remember even probably one of those, How are you, are you excited for the cruise coming up? And I remember specifically, I talked to you about my virtual Royal Rumble and I think you had posted something else that I was like mentioning it was ne- neither here nor there. Um, and you specifically said, well, I'm ready for your 3 your threepeat or whatever you said to come back on the podcast. And I know you've, I appreciate the fact that you've been wanting to come on and that you've had a good time each time you've been on. But I'm going to let you know right now, because I have a feeling how this episode is going to go, that I still don't think we're going to be three and done when this is over, if that's okay.
1: Oh, that is perfectly fine. I didn't know where you were going with that. But I was really nervous. I'm like, is he going <laughs> to kick me off after three?
0: <gasps> and <gasps> and then, the, like, and within the first three minutes of this episode, we'll be like, Kimmy. I, I know Kimmy Sokol's back for her third Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast appearance, and it'll also be her final. But let's do the rest of the interview now. <laughs> like, that'd be terrible.
1: I mean, so at the beginning of the year, I d- I did a couple interviews, and there was one that was really bad. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to get back to better podcasters. I hope more people want to interview me who are better than this interview. So I'm very happy you asked me to come back because <laughs> I like talking with you about wrestling and all the things that are going on.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's now that you're saying that, I think what it was when I did randomly reach out to you a couple months ago is you had a huge announcement brewing. And you you, did. you were teasing this announcement for so long. And I I had no idea what it was, and I wasn't gonna like try to get behind the scenes. I wasn't gonna be like, "Hey, you've been on my podcast twice. You should give me the scoop before it goes out to the public." Instead, I was willing to be part of the public who had to wait and anticipate. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, "I was I was legitimately thinking, oh, did did Kimmy just sign like a big contract with one of these wrestling companies? And so, if and if she signs to like AEW or." you know, well, Ring of Honor would still be an AEW contract or WWE or even Impact Wrestling at the time. I'm like, hopefully she's not going to feel like she's too big to come onto this podcast, which is why I had to message you to make sure you were going to be still okay with uh, coming and enjoying a podcast with us little people here.
1: <laughs> uh, not yet. That contract has not been signed yet. Keyword, yet. <laughs> But yeah, so that was my first time ever getting approved for WWE credentials. That's I covered right. Madison Square Garden, the famous Holly—or not Hollywood. Wow, the famous Holly <laughs> Holiday Jesus Holiday <laughs> tour, and CM Punk's first match back before he pulled an Aaron Rodgers and got hurt.
0: Oh, that that hit me low for a number of reasons, but. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm not wrong. There was someone that tweeted, like, a video that compared, like, Aaron Rodgers' like, Jets debut and then, like, CM Punk's Royal Rumble debut, and I go, yes. But, yeah, so that was my big... It was a big deal because, early, like, I said, it, I think in our first episode, like, I got denied WrestleMania media credentials. Yep, I remember you saying and that. And I was seeing so many of my friends get approved for WWE shows, and I'm like, what am I doing wrong that I cannot get there? Like... I, I was getting really annoyed. So the editor for the website I write for, he goes to me, they're coming to the Garden in two weeks. Why don't you just email them? And I go, listen, I've tried to get comps from wrestlers for that show, and they are not allowed to give comps. Who the, Like They are not going to give someone like me a ticket for the Garden show. Right. And then I slept on it, and I go, okay, wait, that might not be a bad idea. <laughs> so... I, so, it was a Monday afternoon. I emailed WWE. And I didn't hear back. And I'm like, okay. I figured. And it's Friday. It's the day of final battle. And I went out to my parents. And I have one email. That's literally like my media email. And I accidentally clicked the mail app. And I see there's a one next to that media email. And to be fair, I was also waiting for an email from AEW. Okay. So, that's what I figured it was. And I open it. And I see WWE, and they go, yes, how many tickets would you like for the garden? And I, I was in public, and I'm screaming. <laughs> I'm like, like my dad's sitting next to me, and I'm like, dad, look at my phone! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! He goes, what? And I go, Re-, I couldn't even get the word out. I'm like, just read the phone. Read the phone. <laughs> and he goes, oh. He's like, that's, that's impressive. And I go, Ah, oh, impressive. So now... Of course I say yes. And so my dad really didn't want me to go to the city by myself, but he couldn't, like, get off of work. So I'm like, now I have to find someone for this second ticket. So I'm, I text my one friend. She couldn't get off work. I text my other friend. He didn't want to go. So my best friend, who knows nothing about Russell. Oh. Nothing. She goes... Oh my god, I can't believe you got approved for the garden. That seems like such a fun show. I go, well, actually, it's really funny you mention that. Because I have a ticket with your name on it. If you'd like to come with me. And she goes, Are you kidding me? I go, no, I really have an extra ticket. Would you really like to go? And I said, like, we can make a whole day out of it. We can go to the city beforehand. We can do something you want to do. Like... Please come. And she goes, okay. So she comes literally dressed in a backwards hat, fake glasses, and my sweet 16 shirt. And she goes, I'm a Kimmy Mark. That's how I'm going. I'm a Kimmy Mark. And I go, don't say that too loud. <laughs> you know, Shh. So now we walk around the garden. It was like three o'clock and there were fans that were like screaming my name. They're like, hi, Kimmy. Hi, Kimmy. And my best friend's like, you have fans? I go, yeah, I'm kind of a big deal on this side. Sorry, I didn't (laughs) warn you. And so we go to the show and I'm like, okay, like I'm like trying to explain to her things. I'm like, so the big thing is there's this wrestler who's coming back, who was in AEW. And, you know, Rollins is going to be there. And she enjoyed herself. I, you know, she had me sitting next to her, so I explained everything, right. but she said she would go again. There so you I go. did something right. Well, so there's a couple. And then. Oh,
0: there's a, and then. he sat
1: with. There's then. So then last week, we were on the, I was on the NXT media call, and she wanted to see me. And I go, well, I have this media call at noon. She goes, I'll sit in for the media call. I like being WWE media. And I go, you have no idea what's going on, though. She goes, I know. So she sat with me the entire Shawn Michaels call. had no idea what anyone was talking about. But don't worry. When the Vince McMahon allegations came about, that's when she was really paying attention. She's uh... like, what is this? And I go... It's a long story that you have to wait till after for me to explain to you.
0: There are like three or four different things, uh, directions I could take the last like minute or so that you, uh, you explained everything. Um, number My one, best
1: friend being media. Let's go there.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say number one. This reminds me a lot of, as you said, the first time you were on Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast. Your story. I mean, your dad went to a, a T- or what TNA was in town, and your dad was like kind of want to go. You don't watch wrestling, but you want to go, and you're like, um, okay. And then everything changed from there, and so now you take the role of your dad in a sense, and and you take your friend, and...
1: Yeah, so she wants to go to AEW next, because she knows more of the wrestlers there, because I work with more of them, so that's our next goal is AEW, which... I could I can make happen. I could pull a few strings that way. But the crazy thing too is like the day of that garden show was forty years to the day of my dad's first show, and oh. forty years later his kid was in the garden covering
0: now, that was, show. Was his first show at Madison Square Garden?
1: Yes, it was oh, when Jacqueline lost the title to the Sheik. Oh,
0: the Iron Sheik. nice
1: controversy.
0: But <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's all sorts of crazy. 40 years to the day. That's incredible. Now, if this is your best friend, and I know you've you've talked on here before about, like, there's there's two levels of Kimmy, there's two sides that people see. Like, there's, there's a wrestling side of you, and then you have your friends and everything on the other side who, like, just know that you travel a lot. <laughs> and that's all that's really explained there is, oh, yeah, I'm traveling again or whatever else. With that said, I'm assuming... Based on what you were about to experience and what you told your friend, was she at least aware of the fandom you have of, like, Seth Rollins?
1: Yeah, so she's, like, one of my longest friends. Like, I've known her since middle school. And so she, like, she knows of Rollins. That's, like, probably one of the only WWE superstars. Like, even My Sweet 16 was actually wrestling-themed. And she, she was on my dais, and she wanted to be on-themed. So her and one of my other friends when on W this is a true story went on com looking for props to wear for their entrance <laughs> and I go oh my God I'm like I don't even want to know <laughs> so they literally came out with the goggles and the steamer hat that Becky Lynch wore. Oh! So then, when we were at the garden show, when Becky came out, I go, look, you wore her merch, and you had no idea who she was. (laughs) And now she's married to Seth Rollins. Look how everything plays out for you.
0: Oh, man. That's so great.
1: (laughs) Full circle. So she knows some people. Like I said, she knows more AEW. But, like, she knew Rollins, she knew Becky, and she knows Cody Rhodes as the guy that Rollins lost to in a steel cage with one arm.
0: Oh, all righty then.
1: Because <laughs> she said that was the most embarrassing thing she's ever heard Rollins do. And I go, thank <laughs> you for being very supportive of your best friend's favorite <laughs> wrestler. Oh,
0: well, I mean, with that said, I are you at least a fan of Cody Rhodes?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm wearing a Cody Rhodes jacket right now. Oh, uh, that's true.
0: You are. You are. And I noticed that too. Obviously, the listeners can't can't see that, but I was like... Oh, no, but I am wearing those, one. <laughs> that's one of those American Nightmare jackets, like similar to like the Nightmare family and everything else. But
1: Yeah, I got this in L.A. They had them on sale at the Superstore, and I go, I'm never going to see this again, so I might as well get it. It's very comfortable. It's nice.
0: There you go. There you go. Um, so I guess prior to Madison Square Garden, were you already doing the, the NXT calls at least uh, prior to doing media for Madison Square Garden?
1: Yes, my first call was in September, and then December, and then one last week. So I've done three.
0: Okay, so one of, I'm not going to say one of my slogans in life, uh, but a line I often think of um, as with some of my friends, and one of my friends in particular likes to tell me this line a lot, and I think you would appreciate the reference because it comes from one, Michael Scott, where, uh, explain this to me as if I was five, Um I guess, so for the listeners who wouldn't know, what's the difference? Because you said, you know, this is your first WWE event with uh, with doing media there. But what's the difference if you were already doing the media calls? Like, can you kind of explain those those differences and what they entail?
1: Well, I mean, the media call, like... The, the media calls are very secretive. Like, you actually have to, like, get an invitation. So I, okay. I kind of feel really special when I get an invitation for that. So But, like, if I get it for a regular event, it's just a ticket to the show. And then I, I'll live tweet it on, like, the website's uh, uh, Twitter. And I'll do pictures and videos and then i'll write a very big review on the show so like i reviewed the massive square garden show and then i sent it to wwe i go this is my review thank you so much and they're like oh glad you had fun and i'm like yes please tell me when that wrestlemania media credential form is dropping because you best believe i'm applying <laughs> so but for the calls it's just like you know you sit there on a zoom you raise your hand you get called on but not every event you have the opportunity to interview talent. So, like, a house show you don't. But, like, some of the pay-per-views, obviously, you see the press conferences. So that's mainly the main difference is not every show you have that ability to talk to talent.
0: Gotcha. I mean, if Shawn Michaels saw you on the street, would he be like, Hey, Kimmy, would he know know you well enough at this point to know who you are? Pro-
1: probably not. If you ask another wrestler, yeah, <laughs> not him.
0: Okay, on the flip side... Uh, Has Tony Khan been familiar with you enough now that he would be able to say, hey, Kimmy?
1: So I think my thing with Tony Khan is I think he knows convention, Kimmy, but he doesn't know media, Kimmy, and he doesn't know that we're the same person. Oh, I think that's the thing, because I know from what I've been told that my reputation backstage is very high and a lot of people like me backstage, including a a lot of very important people. But again, like I said, I don't think he knows that we're the same person. So it was funny. I think it was the full gear media call where, like, someone asked about WrestleCade. And I go, oh, my God, someone's asking a convention question. And it's not me. We <laughs> all, like, my two worlds are colliding. This is great. But, yeah, I don't think he knows we're the same person. I Like, I I, I have not met him one-on-one.
0: Gotcha. yet. Okay. Soon. So, so maybe not quite where and Tony Khan may or may not know a lot of people anyway so maybe not on a first name basis yet but it could still come
1: I mean to be fair he might just know me as the girl that every time just asks him a ring of honor question on a media scrum because I never ask him anything else and you best believe in North Carolina at Revolution I am going to do the same exact thing
0: oh yeah so this was Sting's last match and uh you know now we we know there's a big Three-way match, uh, but here's Kimmy. So, and then whatever your Ring of Honor question is, that, that's great.
1: If, if we don't have Supercard of Honor announced by the time we get to Revolution, that is going to be my question. There is rumors about Supercard of Honor. What are we waiting for? We are a month away.
0: All right. So those listeners that's of the Caddy question. Chat Wrestling Talk podcast, you heard it here first. Even if you've said that elsewhere, the fact that you said it on this podcast spoiler that, that's alert that's my inside scoop that's my inside scoop that will be my question on the revolution media scrum but it's still like and i'm I'm thinking because like yeah you know, and i know I, I mean i i have my connections within wrestling and then like as far as media and everything else um my connections is all right let's do another interview with kimmy at this point but um so with that said i i know that there's always been press conferences for like everything post-show. I mean, WrestleMania has been doing it for years and years, so on and so forth, um, and it just seemed to be more of a thing from what I've seen in in AEW, and and Ring of Honor for that matter, um, where it's just, it seems like a lot more accessible, and, and people talk about the press conferences more, oh, CM Punk said something controversial, oh, it upset Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, that all came from a press conference, and like, uh, post pay per view press conference and everything else, you know, the media, whatever. Um, where was I going with that? There's oh, so no, I was just saying because, like you, you said, you know, a convention question, and seems like people's questions are usually focused on certain things in in these calls. I just, I just popped enough. It was oh, I think it was after. Uh, well, I want to say it was after Survivor Series. And somebody mentioned Moxley, and specifically referred to him as Moxley to Triple H, and I was like, "Oh, I mean, Grant—that's his real name, and uh, and that's the name, regardless of what his real name is or isn't." Dean Ambrose isn't wrestling anywhere right now, where John Moxley is everywhere, so it made sense. But usually, I feel it's the other way around. If somebody's going to refer to somebody by their name from another company, it was like if they go to any other press conference or media scrum or whatever, that the former WWE star is at. Oh, so Edge did this here as opposed to Adam Copeland. But I just, I had enough of a pop just here in Moxley on WWE television.
1: The one thing I will say is compare, like I've never sat in a WWE press conference before. Again, yet, that is the word of this podcast. Right. Yet. But I will say, like, in AEW, they make sure that every single person gets a chance to ask at least one question. Like, Tony literally, before he sits down, will say, everyone has at least asked one question, right? And if you haven't, you will be the first one to be able to talk to Tony because they want to make sure everyone has that opportunity. But for people that I hear in WWE... They do not care, and huh. I've had people say I've had people sit in a WWE press conference and not get called on at all, and they've raised their hand every single time. Gotcha. So, AEW cares a tad bit more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm gonna just say it is huge enough for me, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna now bring this back to the Jericho Cruise. Um, because I the one thing. I talked to so many people who had no idea about anything on the cruise, other than I go on all of them. Like my friends here in in Nebraska, they're like, you know, they're going to be showing the Royal Rumble on the cruise, and I said, no, they're not. And they're like, what's well, the Royal Rumble? It's a huge deal, and I said, it's a WWE event. This is a Chris Jericho cruise. They're going to care about Ring of Honor, or not Ring of Honor, um, AEW, and uh, Ring of Honor too. And, you know, and even TNA for that matter, because, you know, there's a n- number of TNA talents there. But I was like, and and there's enough going on. Like, I was hoping that I wasn't even going to care about the Royal Rumble until after I got off that ship. And then, so I'm watching one of the wrestling shows on the cruise, and all of a sudden, those people who have internet access on their phone, which I always refuse to get, because I, I want to disconnect from the real, real world as much as possible. And I'm hearing Royal Rumble rumblings everywhere all around me. Oh, uh Jade Cargill eliminated Nia Jax. Oh, Jade Cargill eliminated Becky Lynch. And so I was like, oh, oh have yeah, the Royal Rumble's going on right now. Oh the women's Rumble must be going on. And I mean, the luckily for me with my sources at that time is nobody full blown told me who won the women's Royal Rumble. But I was like based on what I was hearing, I said, okay, was it Bailey? Yeah, it was Bailey. And I'm saying this whole story to end up saying, technically, you and I watched part of the Royal Rumble together.
1: This was so bad. So, I was also someone that, like, I honestly didn't care because I knew that somebody was going to spoil it for me anyway. Like I even told the editor for the website, I'm like, I'm not even writing a review because I'm not gonna see it till Wednesday. Who's gonna care about a royal review on Thursday? Yeah, no one's gonna care. I'm not gonna write it. So, um, one of the crazy things is, and I actually just tweeted this on my road to WrestleMania is my cousin who him and I have had not contact for years. He actually just got back into wrestling. So, he was texting me on the boat about the rumble, and he had all these questions because he hasn't watched wrestling in years. Uh, And I'm like, I'm like, so I'm kind of in the middle of the ocean, and I wasn't watching at this point. Right. So, I'm not seeing what you're seeing. So, if you'd like to be a little bit more descriptive in what you're seeing, Please let me know and I will answer your questions for you. <laughs> but, like, my dad was also texting me. So I was able to text, like, different iPhones on the boat. So my okay. roommates found the, ro- found the Royal Rumble watch party first. But because I was sitting outside watching the wrestling show and we were in the dead-ass middle of nowhere, my reception wasn't working. Right. So I didn't get any of these texts till the end of the Women's Royal Rumble. And they're like, where are you? Where are you? Are you okay? Did you get hurt? Are you sleeping? Oh my god, you're missing the Royal Rumble. And I'm like, I just want to watch Speedball Mike Bailey.
0: Uh, Come on. (laughs) There's wrestling right there. Yeah, it's not the Royal Rumble, but it's not like you weren't watching wrestling.
1: Exactly. So now I I run all the way downstairs, and now here's every single text coming through from every single (laughs) person I know under the sun. And I w- I'm walking in, and I'm like, okay. And I text my cousin. I'm like, I am now watching. Now we can talk about so this.
0: So when did you show up to the Rumble watch party?
1: Right after belly won.
0: Oh, okay. So you were in there a lot longer than I was. All I'm going to say is I think this will be the first and only time in history that you get Johnny Cadillac, Kimmy Sokol, James Durbin, Summer Ray, and Dave LaGreca all watching the Royal Rumble in the same setting at the same time.
1: And Agent Steve K. All
0: right, yeah. I was just saying the names I knew about, but <laughs> um,
1: I, I heard uh, the uh, bully was there at one point.
0: Okay, yeah, I think I saw I him heard. walk by at one point. Uh, so I showed up. My whole thing is again, I had no intention of watching the Royal Rumble until Wednesday either, because uh, you know I was I wasn't getting back to Lincoln till like midnight Tuesday night, so. Um, which we did end up watching the women's Royal Rumble when we got back. We at least uh, were awake enough to watch that after being ship lagged and jet lagged and everything else. Um, but I had no intention of watching the Rumble until I was back. And, and then I hear, hear all the Royal Rumble rumblings and I cared, but I didn't care. Like, I was like, I don't, I, I knew it was inevitable that I was going to be getting hearing spoilers especially with knowing so many people on the cruise. And it, it was just, it was inevitable. Um, but my, I had no intention of watching it. And so I think the wrestling got over. I can't remember if we ate. Uh, we probably ate something. And my my buddy Jack and I, I think we were just going to go to the casino and hang out in the casino and see what was going on there. Um, and we walked by the Royal Rumble watch party and we're like, what's going on there? And everyone's crowded around this one laptop and we're like, oh, well, we're not doing anything pressing right now. Let's go ahead and watch it, too. So we watched. It was, I think, entry number, like, 17 had just come in in the Men's Royal Rumble. So we watched the rest of it. And then if you remember right, I I thought I was going to have to be a spokesperson Uh, when that, that laptop went out after Drew McIntyre came out as entry number 29. So somebody's like, who has a loud voice? Because my voice is shot. I need them to explain what's going on to this whole crowd here. I'm a ring announcer. I still have a voice right now. So he brings me over. And then next thing I know, I'm leading a chant that had nothing to do with the status of the rumble watching. And I'm like, okay, this is not what I was expecting, but it got the job done. And then we, then, you know, the laptop gets plugged back in and up and running again. And we're down to the final four of the rumble, but fun times.
1: It it definitely was interesting. I mean, like I said, it was getting spoiled for me regardless. I right. want, Like even I watched it again when I got home. Anyway, I, did I didn't too. watch the other two matches. I just watched the Rumbles because a I need I wanted to see like the Naomi pop and the Jade pop, and I had known. So insider Kimmy never sleeps. I was told at two o'clock that Jordan Grace was going to go in the Royal Rumble, and I was like, Oh, I need I I need to see that. <laughs> so and then. I, I wanted to hear like the actual crowd reaction to Cody winning, not just like the 20, 25 people on the boat being like, Cody, Cody, oh my god. So watch it again. But yeah, interesting. Never thought I'd be on a boat watching the Royal Rumble. It, <laughs> Doing tequila shots.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't forget the tequila shots. <laughs> but I no, only
1: did one, though, and yeah. it was painful.
0: <laughs> tequila might not be your best friend. No, it's not. (laughs) I mean, I just remember in the end, especially in the end when it came down to CM Punk and Cody Rhodes. I mean, yeah, we had a crowd of like 25, 26 of us, however many. And there was a huge chant going on among the the group about the people who were CM Punk fans and the ones who weren't. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, we, we didn't have to be there for the Rumble in person, but we still had our own event, and it was still a lot of fun for what it was. And probably the tiniest screen I've ever watched a live pay-per-view on, especially in a group setting. But,
1: well, I, I think my quote on Facebook put it best, because I like tweeted out, out the like reaction videos. I said, we're wrestling fans. Of course, with no service, we still find a way to watch the Royal Rumble.
0: <laughs> Coming after all those... Uh... Okay, I'm, I'm changing the subject again, because I, I saw... I never even saw the first post, but it was on Twitter, and I saw you share it along with a number of wrestlers, or a number of people I follow on Twitter, and I absolutely loved it. And it was the first time I saw any of those videos ever where it's, we do this, or we work in this, of course, and it's like all these stereotypes. And it was women wrestlers, and it was the second version
1: So I have a spoiler. We're doing a wrestling promoter one. We were supposed to do it on the boat, but we just didn't find time. We're doing one. I wrote them all out. It is literally the funniest thing of all time. It is coming.
0: Those videos are so entertaining, though, too. And so I will keep an eye out for those wrestling promoter ones for sure. And I will definitely watch that, even if I only know one person. But, like, uh, I don't know. It was just those... I I never saw the first women wrestlers one, but I watched the second one and I enjoyed it to no end.
1: The second one was bad because the one part I think it was Anna J because I commented on Sean Ross's post about this is like Anna J had said something along the lines of like Oh, we're women wrestlers, like you know we love that you stalk us out in the hotel. So you have to remember, some little person like me has at some point, have to protect these wrestlers from uh, stalkers, right? Like that, and I am a small fragile human being I can't take down much <laughs> like I don't know what you people expect me to do but they're, they're literally so funny I, I don't know if Soraya wrote like all the proms but whoever did literally deserves a raise but they inspired me because I reached out to a couple promoters I'm like yo we're doing this and I I like wrote some of them out and I, I'm I'm just a genius I'm so excited I filmed one part on the boat I don't know if I still have the video I might have deleted it by accident but um, let's just say we got our Chris Jericho stuff signed. Nice. Somehow, someway, nice. AKA all the promoters were blind on the last night, and it was like at that like the final concert, and I'm like, guys, look up, he's right there. <laughs> you dumbos. <laughs> was this
0: a uh, was this during Guardians of the Jukebox or was it? Yes. Okay. He was,
1: yeah. So he was up there, and I'm like. Guys, if you want your stuff signed, go up there. He literally told us to go up there. And so we go up there. And I I was not going first. You know, I'm an innocent child who has a very good reputation. Right. I can't be on this Mark behavior. (laughs) So I let another promoter do it instead. Of course. Right. So he can get the blame. And then I just followed suit. And he goes oh, thank you so much. I hope you all had a great time. And I'm like, yes, yes, of course, Chris, we can't wait to come back next year. And then I joyfully walked away.
0: <laughs> well, so Jericho himself has changed a lot over the, the five cruises because, you know, I've been on all of them. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm high and mighty or over you because I've been on all five Jericho cruises. But like I've seen things from them. And like I've seen like the first cruise, especially like so, my whole attitude about Chris Jericho himself, I will treat Jericho different well i funny thing, I treat the all the talent like normal people, so I'm not gonna wanna mark out or you know bother somebody when they're eating or whatever else, unless it's a you know invitational setting like there was one story i wanted to tell Santino Morella, and he was eating but I wasn't like gonna stop his, his lunch to like take a picture with him or anything. But I walked by, and I, I saw him there, and he was by himself. I said, hey, I hate to bother you, but can I tell you this story? And, and he was like, yeah, absolutely. So I sat down at the table next to him. I told him the story. And he was so engaged in what I was telling him. And then we, we started talking about a couple other things. And, you know, fun time, Tony, that you and myself and anyone who's from the cruise knows exactly what I'm talking about. And maybe other people would have no idea. But, um, and we were just talking about different things. Like, so he was like opening up and, you know, it was still like a three or four minute conversation. It wasn't very long. And then, cause again, I didn't want to be one of those, one of those fans. I didn't want to be one of those marks. I just wanted to, I wanted to tell him that story. And I, cause I felt like maybe just maybe he would enjoy it. Um, and I'm still halfway tempted to not even say what the story was, but when i got done talking to him i said all right i'm gonna i'm gonna let you be uh thank you thank you for whatever like thank you for your time and he goes hey thank you for telling me that story and i was like okay now i know that i have nothing to be ashamed of here if he's like bringing up the story because like at the end of our conversation we weren't talking about that story anymore we were just talking about like the cruise in general and then for him to say thank you for telling me that story i was like all right that okay <laughs> that was my moment no pictures taken they weren't necessary no autographs it wasn't yes he was a talent yes i was telling him a story of him as a talent in wwe from 15 years ago um but it was it was just more of it was a conversation and a genuine moment and i was not about to ruin what was there by then being like hey so while i'm over here let's take this picture or whatever else so going back to chris jericho he, I mean, it's it's the Jericho cruise, right? So there's all the talent, but then there's Chris Jericho. The whole thing centered around him and what he does. And on the first couple of cruises, because, you know, Jericho, he books all, especially like the music acts and um, at the original uh, cruises, he booked the podcast. So he made it a point if he, they were on his cruise, he was going to try to see everything because, I mean, they were stuff he wanted to see in the first place. So he was at least at for a few minutes of every band's concert and whatever else. and But he wanted to have a good time too. And so I would see all these people like rounding around him at this concert and he's just rocking out. And then the fans are like, hey, can I get this picture? He's like, why can't we just hang out? Or they asked for an autograph. He's like, why can't we just hang out? You know, they're on stage. Let's just have a good time. And that was his attitude. And I respected that. So I was never going to be one of those people. But I'm seeing more and more and more now. where Because, you know, we all get our photo taken with Jericho on the cruise anyway. <laughs> so, like, yep. use that time for the photos. And so I was like, I'll just respect what, what he has there. He has a Jericho fan experience where you get one item autographed. I've only done that experience once, and that was as somebody's guest. And so I'm like, if I'm not going to pay the $2,500 to do that fan experience, I shouldn't expect to ask Jericho for an autograph either. But then I'm seeing he's, like, loosening up more and more on these, like, later cruises where he, he gives the time a day to people. So it's cool that you got your stuff signed, and I will never say anything ill toward you or about you guys or anything I think that's really cool. You had your moment, and you, you took advantage, and it went well.
1: It was the most promoter thing I've ever seen in my life, to be fair. Okay. I, I was like, this. I'm like, I, I can't be associated with you people. Like, I literally had my hood on. I'm like, I can't be associated with you people. I have a reputation here. <laughs> like, if another wrestler sees me, they're going to be like, what is wrong with you? So I'll tell my orange. Ar- this is my big Orange Cassidy story. My man. All right. My guy. So second autograph session he has this huge line and I'm like I guess I gotta wait on this line go see my friend (laughs) I go up to him why did you wait on this line I go what are you talking about he goes you should have just cut the line I go I, I don't have any pull on this boat. Like, who am I? He goes, you're someone that the entire roster likes. Who cares about anyone else on this line? You should have caught it. Unbelievable. And I go, okay, so now next time I know that anytime you're here, I'll cut the line just to see you. <laughs> he goes, yes, now you're getting it. Good job, Kimmy. And I go, of course, only for you. But he works with, like, my agent, so I, I'll see him more often. That right. I like, I work with him, so... That That's just our thing. But, yes, he he wasn't even the only one. Hobbs said that. Garcia. I'm like, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so we need to take a break here in a second. But while we're doing uh, having this conversation, I need to ask you, if Nyla Rose was on the cruise, how would your interaction have been with her?
1: Um. So I had told her in March that I booked it. She looked at my dad. Because she goes, why would you? She looks at my dad because she thinks my dad's going because he travels with me everywhere. Right. And she's like, why would you let her go on this cruise? And my dad's like, well, I'm not going with her. And she goes, you're letting her leave the country unaccompanied with people? (laughs) What is wrong with you? So she had told me for months I was getting thrown overboard on the boat. She was going to throw me overboard. My dad was never going to hear from me again. Guess who was booked on Ring of Honor? Nyla Rose. So guess who got the last laugh? I did. I am the winner of this feud. Not her. <laughs> it is me.
0: I absolutely love it. All right. So we've talked in the, the first half of this conversation. I don't want to say at nauseam, but we talked about the cruise quite a bit. But, you know, it's just specific moments and specific interactions more than anything else. So, number one, have you done, through all your your uh, journaling sites and all your reviews that you do, have you, have you posted anything, aside from pictures, have you posted a review or any sort of public access, anything on the cruise yet?
1: No, I wasn't told to. I mean, I don't even know how I would, like, review the cruise. Like, I've never done, like, <laughs> that.
0: So, uh, I mean, and I, I was kind of hoping you would say that you hadn't, but... I mean, oh, even I, I
1: I did so it worked out.
0: <laughs> but even like when I messaged you about coming onto the podcast today, and you're like, "Oh, is this gonna be my official review of the Jericho Cruise?" And whatever emoji you used in that message made me worried that you legit like weren't impressed by it or something. And I was like, um, "It depends." Was your overall experience a negative or positive one? And you're like, "Positive." I'm like, "Yes." Let's talk about the Jericho Cruise then. <laughs> Oh. No,
1: I, I didn't really know what to expect, right? Because I'm around wrestling fans, a lot, right? And I've I've seen the best and worst moments of wrestling fans, so that was my fear. I was like, I'm gonna be around all these people that don't know personal space. And the hygiene issues you hear with wrestling fans. and Like, th- th- like this is what I was really expecting. And, you know, I-, I talked to some talent beforehand who had been on previous cruises. And I said, I'm like, lay everything out. Give me the good. Give me the bad. Like, I want to know what I am expecting walking onto this boat. And I've been on cruises a lot. Yeah. Non-wrestling once. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Like, no one's really complaining about the fans. So I, I guess I should be okay. And... I really had a good time. I felt like it was kind of both my worlds colliding. Because essentially, if I were to describe the Jericho Cruise, it's a convention on a boat with rock music. That is what the Jericho Cruise is. And in case you didn't notice, I really do like conventions. And I especially (laughs) like conventions when I'm not working. Because I'm not responsible for anything. (laughs) It's such a rare occurrence that it's like a vacation which this was a vacation but yeah i had a really good time um a lot of the talent i'd worked with and there was a lot of talent on this boat i've worked with the poor was very excited to see me we got to hang out a couple times we talked about a lot of upcoming stuff for us but yeah i actually had a really good time uh we talked about it before we started podcasting me and a couple promoters actually booked the sixth one so i'm coming back boom excited to go to the dr um beats mexico Just saying. I mean, I had a great time on that motorcycle, but, you know. Right. Dominican Republic seems a little bit better. But, yeah, I had a really good time, and I'm excited. Excited to see what talent is joining us for the six. Six on the Beach. That's what this one's called. Six on the Beach.
0: Yep. Six on the Beach. Six on the Beach. It's funny. I heard, like, when I just got on the ship, I got on the ship way later than just about anybody on there, uh, which I'm not used to. I'm used to being, like, in the first sign-up group. But, like, we just, we overslept, well, we slept in at our hotel, and uh, and then, like, I thought checkout of the hotel was noon, so they're knocking on our door at 11.15, and they're wanting to clean our room, and we're like, we have till noon, they're like, no, checkout's 11, we're like, oh no, sorry, and so we, we, we got out of there and everything, and then, you know, we Ubered over, and it seemed like, you know, the drive took eternity, and it probably was across Miami, at least, the southern part, because I think we we're in southwest Miami, where our hotel was, and you know the port southeast Miami. And uh, either way, and, and then and then my friend asked our Uber driver if we can stop on the way because he forgot sandals. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, like I'm just getting annoyed. But then when we got to the the port, we just went went right on through everything because there was nobody. Everybody else was already on the ship. And uh, that was my attitude, whereas, like, being on all the cruises and making so many friends through the Jericho cruise, where I do love the reunion aspect of, like, seeing everyone just waiting to get on the ship and, you know, getting all the hugs and everything out of the way then, and, uh, hey, how's it going? And It's so great to see you again. I think I will trade that every time for being able to get right on the ship coming out of the Uber car. Print. You know, we still had to check in, and we, you know, they had to check our passports and our... our document or e-docs and everything else like like anybody else would. And they still took our picture in front of that green screen and everything else. But like just being able to get right on the ship, that was uh I don't know. I might have to keep doing that in future cruises. But um but anyway, so when I did get on though, I'm already hearing uh a couple I have like around my friends Danny and Jennifer um I'm hearing them going six 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 on the beach. And I remember there was some sort of, there's one Jericho cruise, I think it was triple whammy that Will Ospreay was on. And I remember a crowd of fans being around him and somehow they were, they were doing a sex on the beach chant and obviously talking about the drink. So I thought that's all that was. And then they were just, which is a
1: great drink by the way. Right.
0: (laughs) But like, I thought that's all it was. And they were like, maybe, Oh, that'd be cool. If the next Jericho cruise was called six on the beach. And that's all I was hearing of it. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I doubt it, whatever. And then, like, I see a sign, because it was before, this is the only time I've ever seen or heard the announcement for the next cruise prior to Jericho announcing it during that first Fozzie concert. And I was like, oh, six Jericho cruise, January 31st, February 4th, 2025, Six on the beach. Okay, so people knew what they were talking about when they were chanting that just now.
1: <laughs> Six. I'm excited. I mean, I'm going to the Dominican Republic on a cruise in August, but you know what? It's different. It's gonna be with wrestlers. Yeah. You
0: know? So if anything, I might reach out to you in September. Be so how's Dominican Republic? Because like, I mean, Jerry, like. We've done the Bahamas at nauseum at this point with the Jericho cruise, and then Mexico. I've I did another cruise that went to Cozumel and Costa Maya, so like those weren't new to me anymore. And uh, and then I was like, so I was waiting for like the sixth or seventh cruise to just be announced for Belize because that's the only other country I've been to that hasn't been on a Jericho cruise. And uh, but then they said Dominican Republic, and I'm like, I've never been there. I am all the more excited right now. So,
1: yeah, I mean, my mom has said cuz she was like looking at it already, like apparently there there's like a swimming area in the port of some sort. I really don't know. I'll let you all know in August when I go. I'll yeah. do a whole Dominican Republic review. Sounds good. What you need to do, what you don't need to do.
0: Because I was going to say, if all I else fails, it. I'll just reach out to you otherwise. Be like, all right, tell me what I need to know about Dominican Republic now that you just were there.
1: <laughs> yes, I I will let you all know.
0: All right. I think
1: it's the same thing. We're only there for like hours. Right. Just like we are on the cookers,
0: So, okay, so... <sighs> Going back to, like, the cruise itself and kind of what you were saying before we got into that whole talk on Dominican Republic and Six on the Beach. But a week before the Jericho cruise, I I was working. I'm not going to. The people who are there know exactly the story I'm talking about. But I'm I'm trying to limit the amount of blasting I'm about to do here. Um, Oh, no. But it was, like, because I, I, for the record, I don't know the woman's name. Uh, but I I made a woman very frustrated on accident a week before the cruise. And so I want to talk to you, being a woman that you are in the wrestling bu- involved with the wrestling business who was on the Jericho cruise, because I'm a male, so I, I see things from a different perspective naturally. But there was there's this, there's this woman at a bar that we were at who the Jericho cruise was brought up. And she goes, there is no way I will ever go on a Jericho cruise. And then she started going on and on and on about how she would be uncomfortable because it's all these male wrestling fans. They're the worst people on the planet, and they're going to attack her and everything else. And and she's saying this to me, who's been on all the Jericho cruises. And then she drops a line of, I know this as a fact. Never been on a single Jericho cruise. And so then I said, well, I've been on all the Jericho cruises. And so I know as a fact, it's not nearly as bad as what you're thinking it would be. And, uh, cause I, I can't, I can't, again, I'm not a woman, so I can't say for certain, but, and then she goes, we're looking at this at two completely different ends of the spectrum here. And then I just walked away <laughs> cause she was annoying me with her banter on it. And then she still kept going on about it. And, uh, but I think it's a good conversation point being that you are a woman who was on the Jericho cruise. I mean, did you, did you feel uncomfortable or did you feel comfortable or how did it feel for you there?
1: I think it's different because if I did feel uncomfortable, there were wrestlers on there that I could just tell and they would do something about right. it. <laughs> and also like I was with wrestling promoters who have basically seen me grow up in the business that again, if something happened, they would do something about it. So so you weren't worried. No, I wasn't worried at all. Like, I knew I was protected from all fronts of this cruise because no matter what, I had somebody there. But no, I wasn't worried. I mean, like, I, like, I, I travel all the time. That's like saying that I would be worried on any travel trip I go on ever. <laughs> the only thing I was nervous about was, like, this was my first time flying by myself. And okay. this was the first time leaving the country without my parents. OK, so there was a little bit of worried from that front because I was like, oh, my God, what if I don't come back? Or like, what if I do something stupid and, you know, they have to fly down to Mexico? But, yeah, um, I I wasn't really worried of anything of that sort happening to me. And one that- knock on Daniel Garcia's door and uh, <laughs> things would be solved.
0: But with that said, you didn't get to the point where you had your backup lined up if you needed to, but you didn't get to the point where you needed to use them, Right.
1: No, I, I no, I had a list. I'm like, okay, if something happens, it's this per, it's Garcia. But Garcia's not going to meet us till Mexico. So Hobbs. <laughs> then, um, I think Alex was on the top of my list. Penta was up there. Diana, Steve. I, I had people. Yeah. Nothing so. was happening to me on this boat. I was 120 <laughs> percent protected.
0: No, there. Yeah, uh, I was about to tell you something, but sorry to the listeners. I, Kimmy's about to hear what I was going to say off air because. Uh, any inside scoop I have that I don't feel comfortable sharing, I'm not going to. So, I'll Just leave it at that. So, okay, good. So, I mean, because, it, yeah, you, you bring up a point. You're not just a woman on the Jericho cruise. You're a woman everywhere you go. You're still Kimmy Sokol everywhere. So what you would maybe have to worry about on a cruise, it's not like it's outside of the norm for everyday life for you, too, especially working all exactly. the conventions and everything that you do.
1: And that's why, too, like, a lot of people are like, oh, why is your dad still travel with you? Why is your dad still travel with you? You're 22 years old. Like, you have to be an adult. And I'm like, uh, something happens. I, I'd like my father there. Like, there's a lot of really bad people in this business. Yeah. And, like, there's been times where I've had full-on fights with 40-year-old men that he had to get involved because they were saying things about me. And, you know, there was almost a situation in California where, you know, someone was saying things about me and spreading rumors. And there was, you know, him and my dad got into an argument. So, I'm protected. You know, I I have my people. But, yes. Um, like even at the garden like I was like okay like me and my best friend who's also a female I have people there (laughs) we're fine we're gonna be okay
0: (laughs) alright so any, any other closing thoughts on the Jericho cruise whatsoever that you want to share before we move on to the next subject
1: um no, I mean, I'm I'm excited to go back. Um, I think the one thing that was really cool and I like to touching like, oh, the town I worked with was on there. But like they don't have like I think the one thing that I've always said is like the town doesn't have to be nice to me. I'm just someone that runs their line. But to see like them get so excited and want to hang out with us. And, you know, run up to us when they see us like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Um, that means the world, then more people know. And it doesn't, it's not overnight you get that reputation that I talk about. It's five and a half years of very hard work. Yeah. And some really cool things are happening, hopefully, within this year that is in regards to that. So it makes you feel important. It makes you feel like something's paying off here. So I, I was very happy with that.
0: Well, I'm just still... I'm going to still talk as one of those little people that I'm I'm still going to hold my tune of because I appreciate the fact that you enjoy coming on this podcast. But when you make it even bigger and more famous where you are a legit contracted employee with AEW or WWE, I'm just hoping that the only thing that would have to be you saying no to coming on to this podcast is your boss wouldn't let you. I'm just hoping that you're okay with this podcast still, that you'd be like that big name Kimmy Sokol coming on the podcast, even when you're even more famous. So,
1: oh, of course. You know, it's yet, you know, one day it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, even if I said if there, (laughs) I didn't intend on using the word if. Like, I, I I, I feel like of everyone I know, and, you know, I know a lot of people through the business and everything, but especially of like the people who haven't been televised talent um that I've I've worked with or I've interacted with I think I have more optimism for you than just about anybody else just because of what you've done so far because anybody else I know mostly has just been through a wrestling aspect and like you can make it places as a wrestler but it's very difficult and I just I've seen all the connections you've had so far and where your journey's been and as you mentioned you're just 22 years old so I know your future's very bright so I think I have more optimism for you than anybody else. Full disclosure there.
1: I appreciate that. Just hopefully Nyla Rose stays out of my way.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, you do have people looking out for you, even if not.
1: (laughs) I I mean, so like this match of Ring of Honor, it's going to be Athena versus Nyla Rose. I am a proud minion of Athena. I'm minion number 204. Uh, Nyla actually gave me a minion. It's not even a number. It's a phrase. I'm minion number but cheese, but that's hmm. not a number. Right, then no, it's not. Someone said to me, well, butt cheese is ten letters, so you're minion number ten.
0: Okay. So. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: but If if Nyla is on this sixth cruise, I don't even know what's going to happen. I think her and I need to do like a stand-up or like, a, like, Kimmy Talks Wrestling needs to go on the Jericho Cruise so we can have this interaction in front of more people, because Literally, my Twitter is known for just me and Nyla going at each other.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's just which only, is all her. It's only a matter of time before you're on a Jericho cruise, not as a that you had to pay for guest, but you were wearing your talent or artist badge or whatever it is at that point. Yeah, uh, and hopefully, no, it will happen. Like, I'll probably be on that cruise. They'll be like, not only do I know Cheeseburger, but I know Kimmy Sokol, too. So,
1: yes, one day. Maybe seven. Whatever they're going to name seven, right. it's going to be that
0: one. That's your. That very well could be your lucky number there. So I guess, so your your minion number 204, is that what you said for, for yes. Athena? And yes. And quote, minion number butt cheese for Nyla. Um, yeah. It did remind me of one thing, though. Uh, I, I know it was, and I'm wearing, I, I don't know how much, well you can tell where my camera is, but I'm wearing a Brodie Lee shirt. I have that shirt, shirt actually um nice it, it was one of those shirts that after he passed it was a no-brainer i wanted to support his family and i i even though i never met Brody lee i was hit hard by his death i think his death was one one of if not the wrestling death that hit me the hardest i usually say Brody lee and eddie guerrero and then of course that was prior to jay briscoe dying because that that one hit me really hard too um, I, I'd say probably to this day, Jay Briscoe has been the hardest one for me. And I, I bought that tribute shirt too, that they were selling on ring of honors website, but around, I think it was before Brody Lee joined them. It was a huge sensation going through the pandemic and everything of join the dark order. And you, you went online, you joined the dark order and they gave I do you have a
1: dark order number. I'm dark order. Number 15.
0: That was what my question was going to be is if you joined the dark order years ago, <laughs>
1: Um, I didn't join it on the website. Uh I, I would I worked with Alan Angels and Preston and okay. they gave me the number fifteen. I'm also very good friends with Evil Uno and he appointed number fifteen as well. So I am Dark Order number fifteen.
0: Excellent. I love it. So all right. Let's uh flip the script a little bit. Uh, let's let's talk a little more WWE because there's a couple things Woo. I want to talk to you about in particular. Um, one thing, so I remember on, we, this is your third time on this podcast. And I think the only podcast number we've alluded to so far of previous conversations was the first time you were on, but nothing from the second. So I'm about to change that right now because I specifically remember on the second podcast. And I know specifically because I meant to ask you the first time you were on this podcast and we had such a good conversation that it slipped my mind until right afterwards. I made sure to ask you on the second, but I said five years from now, Who's going to be the champion in these various th- these various companies? And I I know you struggled the most with what was called Impact at the time because you know the contract structure there and everything is so different. So you're like Joe Hendry, <laughs> and uh, and then I remember specifically for AEW you said the top guy five years from now was Daniel Garcia, but you had a biased opinion with that. And it's
1: not a biased. Op- opinion did you see he got three points in the continental classic he's going after christian for the tnt title how is it biased oh uh, the
0: the fact that you said right after that said something about everyone assumes you guys are married or will be married or something that's what i was going oh my god
1: did you see on my picture with us from the crew someone literally commented be honest are you guys dating and i had to say (laughs) despite popular belief no
0: But the reason I, I bring this all up has nothing to do with Joe Hendry or Daniel Garcia. But I wanted to let you have your Daniel Garcia shine moment there as well. Uh, but you. I remember the one answer you seemed hands down you were confident on WWE, it's going to be Carmelo Hayes. I remember that specifically. So we are, you know, a, a little over a week after NXT Vengeance Day. And I don't watch NXT as much as I should. Um, but there's this whole story going on and I loved the momentum that trick Williams has been getting lately, but I was curious on how everything was too, because it, it was a rumor that his attacker could have been Carmelo Hayes. And I, I knew that and I knew it was a big story in, in NXT and I'm like, okay. And then Ilya Dragunov is involved in all this. This is interesting, but it was also interesting to me from a different perspective because Carmelo Hayes is a SmackDown star now too. And you know is loved on the SmackDown audience, but Kimmy Sokol, what's your take? Trick Williams and Ilya Dragunov finishes. Carmelo Hayes comes in and helps Trick Williams out, and then the attack. How was that I for would... you? Let's let's talk to Kimmy, the wrestling fan here.
1: Oof! I I was so happy with this. I think everybody knew going into Vengeance Day like this was going to be this story i actually thought that trick was going to win the title and like carmelo's official send-off to smackdown was going to be trick versus hayes for the title at stand and deliver and then williams was going to win and okay. then hayes was going to go off to the main roster like that right. to me made more sense but i was wrong it was actually the one prediction i was wrong about with nxt so Shawn michaels obviously read my predictions and just wanted me to not go perfect it's okay <laughs> Fair enough. I'll get my revenge at stand to deliver. Don't you worry. All right. Maybe I'll talk to him about it at the next media call. I will not do that. I will get so laughed at it won't even be funny. <laughs> um, I was really happy with it because I just think it makes so much sense. I feel like Hayes is such a better heel because he just gets it. And his promo Tuesday was fantastic. Like he started the show and he's like, nope, not yet. And he left and he came back at the top of the nine o'clock hour and then he explained everything and it, the story is going to be so good that that's going to drive NXT into their biggest weekend of the year and it doesn't matter what other matches are on the standard deliver card everyone is going to care about Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams and you need something to sell out i don't i, I think there's i think they're at Wells Fargo so okay. if they're not Wells Fargo i don't know where else they would be <laughs> but <laughs> you need something to sell out a noon show on saturday and that's the match that's going to do it. We are—I can't even do math. I think we're nine weeks out at this point, maybe ten. Math is not my strong I wanna suit. I want to
0: say at the so again full disclosure: we're we're recording this interview on a Thursday night. The WrestleMania yes. kickoff event was earlier tonight while we're talking, and we'll get there too. But I wanna say I heard Michael Cole at one point say fifty-eight days until Mania. So that'd be fifty-eight days until stand and deliver, if that's the case.
1: Got it. So you need something to sell that out. And that that's going to be that's gonna be the match. And you know, you could put whatever other matches you're gonna put on that card. I think we'll get Dragonoff and Dijak. Okay. Meaning what happened at the end of NXT. Um for the women, I'm guessing you're gonna get Lyra versus Paxley. I guess that's where you're (laughs) going to go with that. Right. Um, Seems like, you know, they're doing the stalker fan storyline. Where else are you seeing that right now? Oh, yeah, AEW coincidence. I don't think so. (laughs) But, yeah, you need a big match. And that is your big match for that weekend. And, you know, there's probably going to be a stipulation. It's going to be so good. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see, like, Trick Williams, like, big baby face promo. Because whatever happened at Sand Deliver... Hayes is going to the main roster.
0: Yeah. I mean, and he's already Williams been on SmackDown. To,
1: yeah. And then Williams is going to be like the guy in NXT. And then it's his chase to the title. And like, that's what everybody wants. He, everyone wants Trick for that title. And to do that, he has to beat Hayes. And I'm just so thrilled to watch the story unfold.
0: I mean, whoop that Trick is, is a thing. Like, it baffles me because, again, I don't, I don't watch enough NXT, but I make sure to watch the, I hate saying premium live events. I still wanna say pay per views. For NXT I still wanna say takeovers. Like uh but I, I still keep up with those and I, Trick Williams is over big time. I mean he's more obviously he's more than just a manager for Carmelo Hayes now. Um I would assume, especially like going off of what you said, Ilya Dragunov is probably seeing the main roster before Trick Williams does, but I'm assuming goes without saying you see Trick Williams as a future NXT champion?
1: Yes, I think he is the one at the end of the day that's going to dethrone Dragon off. but I know there was reports that like they want Trick on the main roster as soon as possible because of the reactions that he was getting. Oh. So, or like they noticed it and they want him as the top guy? Okay. So, maybe he doesn't I mean, I also can't see him not winning the NXT title at this point. It has to happen. I feel like he got robbed of his North American title run because that was literally for like two or three days. And that to me was
0: absolutely ridiculous. (sighs) Nothing against Dominic. Okay. I, I say nothing against Dominic Mysterio. I was against that from the... To me, if you're already on the main roster, I understand, you know, you try to get viewership on NXT and... One way of doing that is getting some of the main roster people sprinkling them from NXT from time to time. And I even understand putting championships on them because they've done them before. But those title reigns never last long. And to me, that's the route they should go. So the fact that Dominic Mysterio seemed like the forever-holding North American champion, and then he finally lost it to Trick Williams, which honestly, in my head at that time, I was like, I really thought that was going to be Dragon Lee. Just for, you know, Dominic eventually to lose it to Dragon Lee anyway. But he lost it to Trick Williams. Trick Williams had the momentum. Again, whooped that Trick everywhere. And then, yeah, just a couple days later, Dominic re- regains the championship. And I'm like, no. Especially because he was a main roster talent. That's not anything on hating on Dirty Dom and the heel Dirty Dom that, you know, the fans never let talk. It has nothing to do with that. It's just the fact that he's a main roster talent. <laughs>
1: I agree with you, and I think that's why he deserves his fair shot at the NXT title, and he has his lengthy reign. I don't know who's going to be the one to defeat him, but I think that is where we're going.
0: Yeah. So, all right, well, I mean, top guys left and right. (laughs) I feel like that's a segue to talk about FTR, but it's not um
1: darn you don't want to talk about FTR and Daniel Garcia who's like number three (laughs) on the trios rankings
0: I'm sure it's only a matter of time before you see them with trios gold they're they're definitely
1: no 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 oh I don't want it he's he needs to stop getting trapped in factions he was trapped in JAS now he's trapped here like what are we doing right And I mean And him and I have had this conversation.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, I feel like the two people I think the most in this kind of context is Daniel Garcia and Ricky Starks, where it seems like the company really sees something in them and they're like, all right, we're gonna do everything, give them momentum now, and then that momentum dies throughout the way, here and there, everywhere. Like Ricky Starks is in main event situations, but like it put him in a tag team with Big Bill, and like where was that singles push that you were giving him for so long? And that's kind of the same way it's been with Daniel Garcia, too.
1: I think the thing with Daniel is for a while they didn't know what to do with him. Okay, And that is true. They didn't know what to do with him. And then they put him in the Continental Classic. And I said this as soon as he was announced. I'm like, guys, like he is going to walk out of this tournament a bigger star than he walked into it, even if he walks away with zero points. And you saw him put on clinics because the blue league was more stacked than the gold league. No offense to the gold league, but the blue league had like um, Danielson and Kingston and Brody King and like all these top names and Daniel held his own against every single match and he finally got those three points. And on that collision where he got those three points, the crowd erupted. They were so excited for him. And then, you know, he got his, he got his win at World's End.
0: That's why was was like that was my
1: question on the scrum to him, because he tweeted at Forbidden Door. He goes like, "This was my main goal, like to get on another pay per view." But I lost. Like maybe I lost sight of the real goal. And he fought. He got on another pay per view. He won. We talked on the scrum. He said my name.
0: (laughs) Big deals.
1: And which he said on the Jericho Cruise, he would only do for me. He would never do it for any other media person, and I felt very special. All
0: right. And Cadillac gets media credentials. He, he'll just be like, he'll answer my question without calling me by name. I'll accept that.
1: I felt really bad throughout the scrum because it was his first one. He was so nervous. He kept looking at me to, like, tell him he was doing a good job. It was actually really adorable. He'd be like... <laughs> He'd be like, good, good. I'm like, yes, good. You're doing great. And then he was like, "Like he was like waiting for me to ask him a question. So he could be like, hi, Kimmy. He nodded at me when he first sat down. We had our media scrum moment. That's not the point of any of this. But I think Daniel Garcia, is go- by the end of 2024, will hold his individual gold because the fans are behind him. He's restoring the feeling could back you, in AEW.
0: Could you see like a world title feud or something involving uh, Daniel Garcia and Swerve, because like Swerve's like the big name right now, like that big up and coming name that they're really working with right now. And so I think, yeah. go ahead, yeah,
1: because he had so Daniel had that match against MJF for the world title. Yep, at the end of 2023, and I was like, oh my god, I was so excited. <laughs> and then he remember the first Dynamite of the year, he wrestled Swerve, and I was there, like I was in person for that match. Okay, and I remember like the section they put us in because I was media like it was really empty so I went down to like the front row of like our section I was like watching and I'm like oh my god like I knew he was gonna lose but like you know crowd really still wanted him to win so I could see him even being like you know I held my own against you in the beginning of the year like now you have gold like let's see if I could prove myself in a world title contention and do something like that you know Tony Khan at the end of that dynamite said you're gonna see more of Daniel Garcia in 2024 so he must have meant something or he was just saying that because I was in the crowd <laughs> whichever one works.
0: Right. All right, so again talking about specific talents and everything. I really didn't think we we're going to have more Daniel Garcia talk there, but I'm I'm all for it and I know you're passionate about what you're saying, so
1: Listen, it just came up, you mentioned FTR. They're together on TV. They danced <laughs> the last week on Collision, together.
0: Okay, I w- ask you one more and I think I know Oh, man, I think I know your answer, but are you a big fan of a bigger fan of Daniel Garcia's dance or Prince Nana's dance?
1: See, I I've worked with both of them. Oh man. <laughs> Daniel, I mean, Daniel said him and I have a connection. I've worked with Nana one time. Okay. Daniel and I are friends. We're a dynamic duo.
0: And don't worry, those are the only two dances I'm going to talk to you about specifically here. We're not we're not going to bring up any sort of blast from your past. And that's all I'm going to say on that.
1: Thank God. Thank. I, I don't even know who that kid is anymore.
0: <laughs> I mean, don't know. You've come a long way since then. We'll just leave it at that. I, I would think so. <laughs> but, okay, so, one, it seems like one wrestling talent who's made headlines for months and who seems to be on both ends of the spectrum, I don't, I feel like there's, It's all black and white with him. I feel like there's no gray area from everyone I've seen talk about him. Either people love or people can't stand CM Punk. A lot of that has to do with everything that happened with him in AEW. I'll I'll be honest there for especially the people who are more like, oh, man, uh, CM Punk is WWE's problem. But I legitimately don't know. So I'm going to find out with the listeners. What is Kimmy Sokol's take overall on CM Punk? So,
1: okay. Lots of things. So the one thing I will say, this is going to make me sound like a really bad person, is if I had to actually compare like what I was like as a high school athlete, I would literally say I was the CM Punk of my track team. Like I was outspoken in a way that I shouldn't have been outspoken. I caused more problems than good. I'm probably the reason my coach went a little bit gray a little bit earlier than he expected. I, I, I was the epitome of CM Punk in all the good and all the bad ways. That's first off. Okay. Second of all, I'll also say CM Punk is my mom's favorite wrestler.
0: Oh, all right.
1: So yippee yay <laughs> yay. Um, about everything else, you know, I will give Tony Khan credit because he got CM Punk back into wrestling. Yeah. Well, after seven years, that was a very big deal. No matter what you look at it, Most I have no information of you know the brawl out and everything that happened in Chicago, and everything that happened at All In and all that nonsensical things, but. There's three sides to every story. There's CM Punk side. There's the elite Kenny Tony EVP side, and then there's the truth. So I think people also need to realize that, like,
0: and Jack Perry. But that's another story. Oh,
1: oh, oh They're in the. That's the Kenny Omega EVP group. Yep. <laughs> that side. Um. So there's three sides to every story. So just because you're hearing inside sources, like that, doesn't mean everything you're hearing is 100 percent true. Um. I do you think him going back to wwe was a very interesting move it's something that i never thought would happen in okay. fact i was actually traveling for a convention the night of survivor series and i saw sean ross Sapp that day oh that day it was 11 a.m and i said to him i'm like so anything interesting happening tonight and he looked at me and he laughed and i go so is he coming and he goes no <laughs> I'm like, you sure? He goes, yeah, I haven't heard anything. Like, I've heard no from all sorts of accounts. And, you know, I was with him in person. I think he would have told me if he would have known. Because he's told me others, like, you know, we we talk all the time. Right. So I'm like, okay. So we, we're watching the pay-per-view. And it's going on, on, on. And I see Sean Ross tweet. My stance has changed. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way he's there. Like, why? And then sure enough, and I'm like, oh, my God, he is there. Um, I think it's, unfor- I know I joked about it before. It is unfortunate that he got hurt in the Rumble. Yeah. Because I think that's, that screwed up my guy's plan for WrestleMania. And especially after this kickoff, I really don't know what they're going to do with him. And I'm very scared for what they're going to do with him. But overall, I think the one thing that I will attribute Punk to is like if you if you followed his entire story from like, you know, Ring of Honor to his first run WWE to AEW to now like he is the epitome of the story of like proving people wrong, because at every single point of his career, there's always been people that told him like he was too small. He was never going to be a top guy. And he held that WWE title for 434 days. And he taught all of us, especially with that pipe bomb, like, hey, even if you feel like it's like something isn't right. You need to speak up for it. Right. And you know, like I said, that's what I was on the track team. I didn't do it in the best way. I made a hell of a lot more enemies, just like <laughs> he did. But, you know, he's still successful. He still got his way. He is back in WWE. He hosted a press conference.
0: Were Were you not on the track team to make friends? Were you on the track team to make money? What?
1: Um, not make money. I was there <laughs> to, um, I was on the track team to make a name for myself.
0: All right. That's fair. I knew obviously money wasn't the answer, but I still had to ask. It's,
1: I had, I had to think of it in a funny way. I mean, my track team, like the 10 year anniversary of the team was my senior year of high school. Like if I was going to make history, like if anyone was going to make history, it was going to be me.
0: There you go. And I mean, it was still, I don't know. CM Punk and Seth Rollins Rump- Rollins and their their feud drew me in so much, literally from the get-go, from CM Punk showing up at Survivor Series and the videos that leaked everywhere of Rollins' reaction. And, you know, you hear about all the, the, quote, real-life heat and everything. And I I thought when CM Punk officially signed his Raw contract and that that, uh, promo between him and Rollins that had, to my understanding, had no agents involved, like they just let him go, I loved every second of that. And so like I was I was all for it. I thought Punk was going to win the Royal Rumble to solidify his match with Seth Rollins. Um I'm glad <laughs> I I am a CM Punk fan. I always have been. So I, I'll be honest in saying that. Um I'm glad with that said I'm glad that uh, Cody Rhodes won. And then I thought it was very unfortunate that Punk got hurt. This is the worst time of year to get hurt, but because they w- they were going to make so much, they're going to make so much money with that feud with with him and Rollins. They're really going somewhere, and so it's unfortunate. And I mean, at least it happened early early on enough in the road to WrestleMania that they can still figure out and have plenty of time to figure out what happens next. What we what are we going to do with Rollins? But even still,
1: I don't think they know.
0: I have one idea, and my listeners are going to hate me, because I'm telling you, after we're done recording.
1: (laughs) Oh, I also have an idea. I don't like it.
0: Okay. Well, we'll talk after we record. Sorry, listeners. I feel like
1: we're thinking the same thing.
0: Probably. But... There was a press conference. There was a kickoff show. You went on social media, you watched Ring of Honor and the the press conference at the same time. I love your loyalty for Ring of Honor. First and foremost, I do. The fact that you're like I'm going to say it, <laughs> Ring of Honor greater than WrestleMania kickoff. But it was
1: you- the 50th episode. Do you know how monumental that is? That's is
0: huge. That's huge.
1: And My bestie pal came out in a cowgirl hat and cowgirl boots.
0: All right. There you go. And then
1: put Athena through a table and ate an orange with the peel still on it. And you think I was going to miss that for a press conference?
0: But let's talk about the press conference. because So my whole take. Going into this podcast, and I think I might have... I can't remember if I talked to you off-air or if it was at the very, very beginning of this podcast episode. Because, um, you know, coming back from the Jericho cruise, and I'm getting back in the groove of real life, and that one of those things is podcasting. I'm like, what am I going to do for those next couple episodes? And, uh, you know, there's a bit that I talked about in the cold open here. And then... um, But then Cody Rhodes was my big thing. And I was so frustrated, because to me, I felt like The Rock versus Roman Reigns, well, it should have already happened if it was going to happen at all, and so I felt like it's ran its course, and I get it that The Rock's a big name, but I was like, no, like, they Co- even let Cody win the Rumble, and they're having him step aside because The Rock, who, who you know, is rarely there, is getting a- I understand, but and I always thought, like... Rock and Roman shouldn't be for a championship anyway, because is the rock going to show up tomorrow? Well, I mean, now he holds an executive position within TKO. But prior to that, the answer was, of course, no. Roman Reigns may not show up tomorrow either, but he'll at least be there the next day. And uh, so I was against it and I was frustrated. And so it almost was like, oh, well, CM Punk got hurt. So we're going to make this makeshift match of Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. And Monday... The opening promo of Raw last Monday was really starting to help me believe in that. And Rollins brought up interesting points, and he's like, I need this match too. I want to be the defending champion who can say they beat everyone, and I haven't beaten Cody Rhodes yet. I'm like, okay, okay, they're finding ways to make this work. And then, <laughs> um. so I was going to podcast about it. And I was going to podcast pretty much everything I just said. But then... The press conference happens. The kickoff, WrestleMania kickoff show happens. Way bigger, way better than I was expecting. Like, oh, yeah, I'll say it way better than I was expecting. But where where's your Cody Rhodes take been in absolutely all of this? We watched the Rumble together. We saw, like, you were, like, way away from me, but we're still in that same group. Um, We witnessed at the same time Cody Rhodes winning. What's your take?
1: I think people assumed way too quickly with what happened on SmackDown instead of letting things play out. And, like, that was the part that I was getting really frustrated with. Because as soon as The Rock came out and they had that stare down and Cody was like, oh, I don't want you at WrestleMania, like... They didn't announce anything. Nothing was announced on that SmackDown. So yeah, you that's true. all spent all this time on social media venting and complaining for no reason because nothing
0: was announced. Hold on. I, I stayed just, silent. I watched everybody else complain about it.
1: <laughs> you, me too. So we're, we're in the same boat here. <laughs> okay. So that was the part that very much got me annoyed because I'm like, y- you guys don't know what's happening yet. And I still believed they had no idea what they were doing.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: There's no way they knew. They did not plan on whenever the Royal Rumble was, January 20-whatever. They did not plan that we're going to have... Like Obviously, now we know that The Rock was involved at that point. That they knew that they were going to have The Rock. But they didn't know Punk was going to get hurt. Right. They couldn't plan for that. So you're having all of these changes. And you have to adapt. So I felt like a lot of people assumed... It worked out in their favor. Whoopie doo. You got, we want Cody. Today, you got Cody crybabies. You know, you're getting the whole, whole thing. But kayfabe wise, I understand why people were upset because obviously Cody wins the rumble. We're all assuming finish the story. And I heard people say like, well, why didn't the, they have The Rock win the rumble? Do you guys remember the last time Rock wrestled? He got hurt. You think they're going to risk that in
0: a royal rumble? No. That was the second to last time. Fun fact, I was there for the very last Rock match has been to this date. It was at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. It was six seconds long. The Rock versus count. Eric Rowan. <laughs> I'm only counts. saying that because I was there. Otherwise, yes, his last legit match, you're right, against John Cena at WrestleMania 29, and he did get hurt.
1: minutes it's within the match. Like, it was so early on, which by the match sucked. So why are you going... To risk him getting her in the Rumble. And then he's out. And now what are you going to do? So you have to think of that. So again, KFA wise, I get it. I get why you were upset. 100%. Cody won. He deserves this title match. But you have to let things play out. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They're, I know what we've seen before. It's a different WWE now. Yep. And here's a also hot take. It's a different WWE. Because they don't care about the WWE fan. They care about all the publicity they're going to get because The Rock's here. They care about all the publicity they're going to get because Logan Paul's in WWE now. They're going to care about the fact that they sold out T Mobile Arena for a press conference tonight. That's huge. It's Super Bowl week. The press row was earlier today, and there was still that I've been in T Mobile Arena. That's where Double or Nothing was. And that arena, I think, holds like maybe 8,000 to 10,000 people. That's how many people were there for a WWE press conference in one of the biggest weeks of sports. That's a victory. Yeah. And that's not because of anything. That's because of The Rock. And that's, po- and that's positive publicity after all the Vince crap came out. That is what they care about. And the standard wrestling fan doesn't get that because they don't understand the business side and i only know this because i'm in the business like if i was still a fan i would think the same way i would complain with everybody else (laughs) but because i'm on that other side that is why i think the way i do so that's why i stayed silent i yelled like in my head i'm like going to twitter i'm like can you guys talk about something else (laughs) anything else
0: it's almost so like this. This moment of the podcast is almost a, like more painful moment for you than the rest of the interview, just because it, it's like not
1: like I knew because even like I have a group chat with all my podcast friends and they were asking and I I'm like I'm not answering, and they're like why and I'm like because you're not gonna like my answer because I'm gonna I think you are all are dumb. <laughs> you need to wait. Like seriously, like people were complaining, like Dave Lagreca. Oh my god, calm down, buddy. Sit down. Okay? Just sit down.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it was it was one of those things for me where I I I I I had my own opinions, but I didn't even look at those as much because I was like, okay, to me it seemed like the focus was Rock and Roman whether people wanted it or not. And I said, but the the Cody Rhodes like pull like the fans are behind him. It's very reminiscent of Daniel Bryan 10 years ago. Um, It it can't be ignored. They're not going to ignore it. Um, It's WrestleMania season. It's early in WrestleMania season. WWE knows what they're doing, especially this time of year. Oh, yes, curveball, CM Punk gets hurt. But I was like, all right. And, And I'm glad that we did this recording after the press conference because I was just... I was so happy after that press conference for so many reasons, and uh, but it it goes to show WWE knows exactly what they're doing, and it's great.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, people just have like wrestling fans aren't patient. Like they just have to like wait. Like I said, nothing was announced after that SmackDown. That's true. You all assumed, got angry, and made something tweet for three days.
0: That's true. You're not wrong.
1: Like, I, I I just didn't understand it. Like, even Vengeance Day. Like, even the whole thing with Ava Rain. That she got death threats oh, because yeah. of the rock.
0: Yeah, that's terrible. Really? Like
1: over oh, something that wasn't. General wrestling fans yet.
0: take things way too far, and that's case in point right there.
1: And even like Vengeance Day, like there were people commenting, like, We want Cody, hashtag Vengeance Day. Like, why are you hijacking the NXT Show when there's people that put in the work every single week, every yeah. single Tuesday to put on that great show. say Day was an amazing premium live event. Yep. I had a great time watching it for I two, I've th- two, three hours, however right. long it was. Yeah. And you're all worried about something that wasn't announced yet. <laughs> Here's the key words. Wasn't announced yet. Yep. <laughs> And after the conference, we still don't know what's happening because the only thing that was announced was Roman and Cody. Where's Dwayne?
0: <laughs> but uh, the one thing it gave us was a rock heel turn, and it it he was oh, he was very good at it. Because like, I was like, oh, he it's gotta be eaten at him that the fans are completely against him. But no, he embraced it. I was like, This is amazing. Like I again, I loved it. So like Heel
1: Rock is the best rock. I don't know where we go from here. I'm assuming that at this point that, sadly, Roman is going to have to do something he hasn't done in a very long time and show up to work two days in a row. Very big deal for him. Right. And he's probably going to wrestle both nights. That is All what right. I'm assuming is going to happen. I Cannot see any other way of this happening. I do not see the triple threat match. I don't even. I know some people were saying like the tag match between Cody and Rollins versus The Rock and Roman to kind of protect like Rollins's knee injury because we still don't really know the full extent of that, and also like protect The Rock from getting hurt. But I don't really think people would want to see that. But, you know, at the end where um, Rock is like, hey, like they're, he's talking about our family, like get make sure like he doesn't say anything about our family. And now it's like, so you guys refuting, and now you're saying the word or, which is why I also emphasize I do. I really don't think WWE knows what they're doing because it's a curveball because, you know, we still don't know what Rollins is doing. I can assume. But we don't know. Right. Can I assume that the Elimination Chamber match is going to be for Seth's number one contender? Yeah. yeah. can I assume that Seth has 100% been told that he'll be clear for WrestleMania? Yeah. Can I be wrong? Yes. Am I upset that the only match that was announced before this press conference didn't even get any shine on the press conference? Absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah, Bailey's a Royal Rumble winner. So, that should be a main event. Ideal like in the conversation of you know, WrestleMania has several main events and that that match should always be in the conversation of one of the many events, but like it's like, okay, Bailey wins a rumble, she picked e o Sky um we've made this announcement now let 's focus on the quote bigger stuff like something's think, wrong with that
1: like I understand from a business point why Bianca was there to hype up the new show right I get that a hundred percent, but your woman, royal Rumble winner should have been there yeah i don't think Rhea should have been I think she i think Bailey should have been there and not Rhea.
0: That's fair. That is completely fair.
1: And I understand you were trying to hype up Rhea and Becky. You didn't have to do that.
0: No. I mean, there's an Elimination Chamber match to determine who's... Because well, now you
1: just revealed who's winning. It doesn't matter who the other five are.
0: Well, and there's Becky's that. And, like, I mean, that, not that there is any question or whatever, but I mean, Rhea has a match at Elimination Chamber as well. Yeah, and, like, what if Naya wins? Like they, they even were saying like when on Monday when it was uh Becky Lynch against Shayna Baszler and they said we're doing this elimination chamber match where the winner will face Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania for the title And then later on they're like Rhea Ripley's facing Nia Jax at elimination chamber and then later on again in Raw, they're like, This elimination chamber where the winner will face Rhea Ripley. I'm like, She has a match, make it believable that Nia Jax could could win it. Like, come on, people and-
1: and Rhea even said in the press conference, too, like, I'm walking in as champion, and I'm like, oh, did we forget your match?
0: <laughs> Which is in Australia. That's rather, a huge deal for her.
1: Come on. <laughs> I would have rather seen Naya in the Illumination Chamber, right. to be fair, yeah, same. to have, like, that wrecking force in there. But now it's, like, so, like, because now my fear is, like, what the hell are you doing with Bianca? You're going to have her off the WrestleMania card. She's 3-0. and
0: Uh, my... My thought is Bianca and Jade Cargill at WrestleMania. That's my current opinion on that.
1: Sure. If she learns how to wrestle by that point. <laughs> oh <laughs> Why Why do you think they had her debut at a Royal Rumble? <laughs> I
0: love your bold takes. I mean, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm just like, boom, bold takes from Kimmy Sokol. We'll leave it at that. For so that- sure. If you'd like to believe that. (laughs) So I'm going to wrap up the podcast here, this conversation. But there's one other thing I want to say that alluded from the beginning of the show where you made a comment. So I want to say I am a CM Punk fan and my favorite NFL team is the Green Bay Packers. So naturally, I am an Aaron Rodgers fan too. (laughs) So that was like your comment. You weren't wrong, but I was like, oh, that was deep.
1: I'm sorry. I saw a video and it was just so funny and like the the opportunity was there, you know.
0: <laughs> like I said, you weren't wrong. I can't complain. <laughs> oh, but yeah, Kimmy, as always, this was a lot of fun. I am already looking forward to your fourth appearance on Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. Very happy to be back and I'm very excited for episode number four.
0: Yes. And we'll see you come. Jericho Cruise six, six on the beach. How many catty chat po- wrestling talk podcast appearances you have by that point. We'll Maybe take- I'll have six. Maybe for um, six on the beach. Yeah. That, that's fitting, isn't it? <laughs> but I'm looking forward to seeing you again on, on the six Jericho Cruise and on the podcast up until that point And of course, after as well. Uh, thank you for always being willing to come on.
1: Of course. Thank you.
0: Of course. Well, this was another episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast with special guest Kimmy Sokol. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac, and until next time, we will see you then. Don't give up. The wrestling companies know what they're doing. Have a good day.